Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Paddock. Today, we are talking about the legend, Valentino Rossi. This episode is going to be a little long um, because he had an amazing career. So grab a drink and let's get ready. On today's episode, you have Ito, Melissa, with Leanne and Chelsea behind the scenes, and myself, Hannah. So let's just dive on in on who is Valentino Rossi. So Valentino Rossi is an Italian racing driver and a retired Grand Prix motorcycle world champion. He is known for two nicknames. One, the doctor, who, which was famously on all his racing suits, and Valley Yellow for the crowds in the incorporation in almost every helmet racing slash livery design. Rossi was born in Urbino in the Machi region of Italy. And shortly after, the family actually ended up moving to apologize in advance. I am going to butcher this name, but Tavila. And he is actually the son of a former motorcycle racer, Gazziano Rossi. Valentino Rossi began riding at a very young age as, and I'm going to go by his nickname here because that's how I prefer to call him. So just so you're aware, Val's first racing love was not a bike. However, it was karting. Now let's go ahead and start from the beginning where I'm going to pass it on over to Mel to talk about his early and junior career. Yeah, like Hannah mentioned, Valentino's started his motorsport career with karting. And why exactly? His mother was concerned for his safety. That's it. So his father decided to get Valentino a cart rather than a bike. And fun fact about his cart, his dad actually replaced a 60cc motor with a 100cc nation cart motor. And think how fast that is going for a five-year-old driving a cart. Very fast. So he later on went to win the regional cart championship in 1990, where afterwards he started partaking in mini moto. And before the end of 1991, he had already won numerous races. However, Valentino continued to cart and finish fifth in the national cart championship in Parma. Him and his father looked into moving into the Italian 100cc series and others as well, as this would have been the path that maybe would have led to a possible F1 career. But since karting comes with a high cost, this did lead him to make the decision to focus on mini moto only. And for the next two years, Valentino would continue to learn all about mini moto racing. Now, in late 1993, with the help of his father, Virginia Ferrari, Claudio Castelloni, Cavia, and Cavia factory racing team manager, Claudio Lusardi. Sorry for all those mispronunciations. Beautiful names, though. Valentino was able to compete in the 125cc Italian Sport Production Championship alongside teammate Vittoriano Grassetti. Again, I am very sorry. And in his first race meet with the um, with the team, he did damage his motorcycle in the first corner crash, literally less than 100 meters from the pit lane. He ended up finishing in ninth that weekend. Now, even though his first season in the championship did have its ups and downs, Valentino was able to get pole position in the last race of the season and would finish on the podium that weekend. By 1994, Valentino raced in the Italian 125cc championship with a prototype named Sandorni with, that was using a Rotex engine. And fun fact, the mechanic who built the bike, Guido 
McKinney, who also rode bikes, had a document later on released in 2016 that explains the work that went into this bike and his relationship with Valentino. So I thought that was kind of neat, and I probably will look into that later on. And then by 1995, Valentino made his change to Aprila and won the Italian 125cc championship and placed third in the European championship. Now, Valentino made his debut in 1996 in the Grand Prix motorcycle racing. In this season, he had his first podium where he finished third at the Austrian Grand Prix. And at the following event, he got his first pole position and first win at the Czech Republic Grand Prix on the ACG Aprila RS125R. He finished the season in ninth place with 111 points. So in 1998, his first year in the 250cc class, he joined the very dominant team at Aprilia again with the likes of Loris Capriosi and Tetsuano Herada. While he did have his challenges at the start, with two DNFs in the first two races, he did show why even early on he was considered one one to watch, as he finished second in Spain, Italy, and France. And while he did DNF once more in Madrid, he scored his first win at the Dutch TT, winning with an impressive 19-second gap. After that win, we once again saw mixed results with DNFs in the UK and Czech Republic, but with also a podium in Germany. And of course, let's not forget his winning streak that started at Imola and ended in Argentina, which helped him secure second place in the championship in his rookie year behind teammate Loris Capriossi, which honestly is very impressive for a rookie. I'm not going to lie. So in his second year in the same class, he stayed with Aprilia again and became their sole rider. And that is when he truly started to dominate things like pole at the season opener in Malaysia. And even though he finished fifth at that race, it was still a good one. He didn't let that deter him, though, as he went on to collect points in Japan and by round three in Spain, we saw his first victory of that season. France saw another pole in that he sadly couldn't convert to victory, but rather he DNF'd. Thankfully, though, that DNF was followed by more wins in Italy and Catalonia and a second-place finish at the Dutch TT. He almost won, but at the very last second, Capriossi took it home. He seemingly used that second-place finish as fuel, though as that was followed by three back-to-back wins from the races in Britain to the one in the Czech Republic. Sadly, once again, he couldn't convert the pole in Germany. After being second in Imola and off the podium in eighth at Valencia, he got another three race wins, one in Australia, after a hard-fought battle with Oliver Jacques, and another two in South Africa and Rio, respectively. Rio was also where he won the title with one round to spare. So after achieving the world championship in the 250cc division, he was actually promoted to the 500cc class by teaming up with Honda Racing this year in 2000 and ended up racing with them for two years. During this time, he got runner-up, aka second place in his rookie season, 
with this new division and in the second season actually clinched the world championship. During this time with Honda, Honda was known to be the team to be with um, as they were very prestige and at the time, Rossi actually replaced Mick Doohan who was a five-time world champion. Val was also super lucky where Jeremy Burgess was his chief engineer. And fun fact, actually was like his personal mentor for his first years at Honda and kind of helped him become the person he was and learning the strategy behind the scenes. In 2002 as well, the 500cc two-strokes were still allowed, but we started seeing the beginning of the 990cc like four-stroke motorcycle bikes become more prevalent um, in MotoGP. And after that, the 500ccs were essentially obsolete in Val's mind because he didn't want to race a small bike anymore. He wanted the big sucker, the person, the bike that's going to get him to go the fastest. Yeah, and that he did because in 2002, Valentino started off the year strong in MotoGP with Honda. He won the first race of the season in Japan despite wet conditions and beating local riders, which I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, he took pole position in the first five races of the season. And although Valentino also had to retire at a race one time in Czech Republic during the season, this was just the only DNF the whole season before winning back-to-back -back races in Portugal and Rio. He finished the season in fourth, winning 11 races in 2002. And by 2003, Valentino continued to dominate the GP world. And again, in Japan, he took pole position and won. But fortunately, that was overlooked due to the passing of Japanese writer Jaijiro Kato. Again, I'm sorry for the mispronunciation um, that weekend. And then at the Austrian Grand Prix at Phillip Island, many spectators considered this to be one of Valentino's greatest career moments due to the circumstances of that weekend. He had a 10 second penalty due to overtaking another rider under yellow flags. And, and after serving the penalty, Valentino went on to win the race with more than a 15 second lead gap. He ended up winning the 2003 title in Malaysia and he won the final race at the Valencian community with special livery that had marked his last race with Honda. During the season, there was speculation that the reason for Rossi's success is due to the dominance of the RC 211B instead of his talent alone. And that kind of sounds familiar in the F1 world. Kind of thought that's kind of ironic how it happens everywhere. Um, but there was also rumors of Valentino possibly moving on to Ducati, which of course the Italian press went crazy because ideally he's Italian. Why wouldn't you want him to be driving for an Italian team? But years later, Valentino explained he chose his next team over Ducati due to feeling like his mindset Ducati was similar to what he was trying to leave from Honda. Um, and then it was announced that Rossi got signed a contract worth up to $12 million with the next team coming up. Yeah, so this year was the year of change for Valentino Rossi. He has moved away from Honda and ends up signing a two-year contract joining the Galioses Fantuna Yamaha team, which is the supporting factory team for the factory team Yamaha. So the 2004 season, this season Val won his fourth championship title. He ended the final position with 304 points 
and he had nine victories total this season. So South Africa, Italy, Catalonia, the Netherlands, Great Britain, Portugal, Malaysia. I mean, the list is never ending. 2005, this year, Valentino won his fifth championship. So, I mean, here's the years that we start seeing the consistency that we know and love about Valentino Rossi. And his seventh title in all of his classes. Still with the Yamaha team. His final position was first with 367 points, and he had 11 victories this year with Spain, China, France, Italy, etc. Now, 2006. The season was very difficult for him and in many respects, very unsuccessful for Valentino Rossi, but there were also many beautiful victories. So it actually happened both, like you had like an up and fail of falls with technical problems, and that's why Rossi could finish the championship only in second place runner-up, joined by now the new name Camel Yamaha team. So Camel became the new sponsor of Yamaha, so you started seeing that name come a little bit more prevalent. The final position was second with 247 points and five victories total that year. So Qatar, Italy, Catalonia, Germany, and Malaysia. 2007, he took third place in the championship with only 241 points in the draw. Four victories total. And as as it is to admit, this was actually his lowest championship position at the time since his first season in 1996. So that was a little hard for him and his mental health because he's like so used to winning and so used to dominating. And then you start seeing the little bit of a struggle and you're just like, oh, what's going on? So 2008, Rossi wins his sixth title in the ultimate class and eight in all the classes total. Finishes the championship with 373 points in the draw. Nine victories total, China, France, Italy, USA, San Marino, Indianapolis, that was the first and only year that they raced in Indianapolis, Japan, Malaysia, Czech Republic, you name it. 2009, Rossi wins his seventh title in the ultimate class in nine in all the classes, finishes the championship with 306 points, six victories that season, Spain, Netherlands, Germany, San Marino, etc. 2010, so he went into the season having two consecutive titles. And once again, Val was the favorite to win the championship going into the season. But at the end, took third place in the championship with only 233 points and two victories total for the year. So while we had a pretty dominant time with him at Yamaha, and pretty big consistency, we started to notice a little incline and he was just like, what's next for me? Maybe maybe this last year with the technical problems is just not it. Yes, and due to that in 2011, in a still somewhat stunning move, he left Yamaha for Ducati, which sadly resulted in his first winless season in a while. He finished seventh in the championship with 211 points behind the champion Casey Stoner. The following year, 2012, proved slightly better. He secured sixth place finish 
in the championship with 187 points behind the champion Jorge Lorenzo. Though throughout his time at Ducati, he consistently struggled with the bike, encountering mixed results and technical challenges. Hence, he ended up returning to Yamaha for 2013. Yeah, and one of the main reasons that he ended up returning to Yamaha was because he knew what he was getting from them. And he knew that for a very long time, from 2000 to 2010, there were more consistencies and technical issues. So we see him return back in 2013 to Yamaha. And in 2013, he took fourth place, fourth place in the championship with 237 points and only one victory that season. 2014, he took second place in the championship with 295 points and had two victories at San Marino and Phillip Islands. This year, Rossi announced the departure and conclusion of his long collaboration with his chief crew, Jeremy Burkus, and was replaced by Silvana Garabusta. Sorry if I said that wrong. And this ended up being just like that end of an old chapter, start of a new. 2015, Rossi takes the second place in the championship with 325 points. He had four victories at Qatar, Argentina, Netherlands, and Great Britain. This was the year where he achieved his 200th race in his Grand Prix career. For all the Rossi slash Mark Marquez fans out there, this was also the year the controversial rivalry between them really, really got cemented in stone and began. And you would even see them again in 2016 at the Catalan Grand Prix and furthermore in the rest of their racing career. But we're not going to talk about this race because, or in this episode because we could talk about it for hours. Now, 2016. Leading up to the 2016, Val's career was a little unknown. And right before the season began, it was officially actually announced that he will continue his career while keeping his contract with the factory Yamaha team until 2018. So up until right before season testing, nobody knew what the next step in the future was for Valentina Rossi. So it was a little just all over the place. This year, Val took second place in the championship with 249 points, two victories overall, and fun fact, this year he got his 52nd pole position overall in his career standings. And in Spain, he led the race from the start to finish, except I think like one or two corners. And this race marked the first time in his MotoGP career that Rossi led every lap of the race from pole position to the finish line. And that's not normal for like MotoGP racing races to like do that the whole time because it's crazy and those turns are insane. <laughs> Fun fact. 2017. Rossi suffered a difficult winter testing period this season, and Rossi finished fifth in the championship with only 208 points, his lowest position since his final season with Ducati in 2012, and ended up being 90 points behind Mark Marquez. After the race at Silverstone, Rossi actually suffered a motocross crash in late August, where he suffered displaced fractures in the tibia and fibula of his right leg. 
He suffered these injuries on the same leg that he previously broke in his high-speed crash in 2010, and it ended up putting him out of contention, aka out of the race, and required surgery and missing his home race in San Marino. He was very upset. But despite that, he ended up getting six victories that year um, at Qatar, Argentina, the USGP, Dutch, Great Britain, and Australian GP. So let's move on to 2018. He extended his contract with Yamaha once again until 2020. And the season sadly was marked by struggles for Yamaha with the YZR-M1 facing issues like cornering, traction, and tire temperature. Despite challenges, Rossi secured podium finishes and a pole position, but had a winless season, finishing third in the championship. In 2019, the Yamaha riders, including Rossi, faced mixed feelings about the new YZR-M1. Rossi experienced ups and downs, including podium finishes in Qatar and Argentina, but suffered three consecutive retirements as well. The season improved with the top 10 finishes ending with Rossi in 7th, 2020. Rossi changed his crew chief once again due to the poor results in the previous season. However, COVID disrupted his plans and Rossi, uncertain about his competitive edge, eventually chose to leave the factor team for 2021. Though during 2020, the Yamaha YZRM1 showed improvements in preseason testing and also throughout the season. Rossi had a podium in Andalucía, but faced retirements due to technical issues and crashes. And of course, like so many others, COVID affected him too, because it led him to miss races and also have a lot of retirements. Despite, but despite these challenges, Rossi continued racing, overcoming a false positive COVID test towards the end of the season even. Now, this year he moves to Petronas Yamaha in 2021. In September 2020, after six months of speculation, Valentino confirmed that he would be joining the Petronas Yamaha SRT team for the 2021 season alongside his VR46 Academy prodigy, Franco Moradelli. This is the first time that Valentino races for a satellite team since his 2001 start of his career, which was when he actually clinched his very first premier like, class world title. And despite being a non-factory rider at this time, Val still received all the factory supported machinery for his season at Bretonna's uh, Yamaha team, which is not typically apples to apples when you look at it traditionally. In this team, he had five different teammates to, to injuries and all the things like that. So it reminds me of somebody in Formula One that had the same situation this year <laughs> and things like that. But despite that, he had a very successful season and it was really good. But this also, which we'll talk about later on, this was also the end of Yamaha's career with Valentina Rossi. 
So I want to talk about some of the things or fun facts about Latina Rossi. So overall, his writing style is characterized to have and or to be skillfully controlled in his tire slides and the habit of putting his inside leg out before even entering a corner slash turn. And he's also highly respected for his race setup and setting capabilities he's able to do to the bike. So he doesn't keep it to the traditional like settings that you do for race day that most of the racers do. He's got a different style how he goes about it. And he's also known too for his aimer entertainment value that he brings to the sport and his various antics and delights to the fans. Um, he is hilarious to watch and his helmets and machines are very unique in their designs. Like you cannot miss him when you see him on the track. And another fun fact, Valentina Rossi has won GP races in seven different motorcycle classes, the 125cc Aprilla, the 250cc Aprilla, 500cc Honda, 990cc Yamaha, 800cc Yamaha, and the 1000cc Yamaha. And this is just talking motorcycles, not his impressive racing outside of MotoGP. And also, he is the only racer to date that has been able to race every single one of those and won a championship title in every single one of those classes. So you say legend, here's your legend. Period, Pooh. <laughs> so yeah, on August 5th, 2021, during a pre-event press conference at the 2021 Styrian Motorcycle Grand Prix, Valentino had announced that he would be retiring from MotoGP after the current season. His last race in the series was at the Malaysian Community Motorcycle Grand Prix, where there he was honored for his successful career, and even F1's Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen were there to celebrate Valentino amongst other professionals. His racing number 46 was also retired with the ceremony at the Italian Motorcycle Grand Prix in 2022. So I thought that was really cool that they did that at his own, at his home base. But like Hannah mentioned, he has done a lot outside of MotoGP as he took part in other racing endeavors. First, in January 2022, Team WRT announced that he'd be joining the driver lineup for the Fnatic GT World Challenge uh, Europe powered by AWS for the upcoming season. Valentino and his teammates had finished four top 10 finishes, and then three of them were in amongst the top five. Valentino continued driving with the team for 2023, winning his first race in the FT World Challenge at Misano driving a BMW M4 GT3. Valentino also participated in the 2023 Road to Le Mans with the same team, Team WRT, in Preparation to debut in the 2024-24 hours of Le Mans, Rossi and his teammate Jerome Plicon won in the second race after another team were penalized. So love that for them. And he also had participated in the 24-hour series racing with the same team. And in the first race in Dubai, him and his teammates finished third um, place driving the same BMW M4 GT3. 
And while Melissa talked about some of his racing like endeavors outside after his retirement, let's talk about some of the endeavors he's done outside of MotoGP in general. And while we won't dive much into these, some fun facts that you might not know is he actually was really widely known to kind of dabble in almost every racing sport out there. He got to ride in a car for Formula One, Lewis Hamilton to be exact. Um, he did the Suzuka eight hours. He did rally car. He did the Blanca Pan endurance series. He did the Golf 12 hour GT car. He did the motocross and flat track racing, GT World Challenge, and lastly, the Le Mans. So this man isn't just a MotoGP legend and a world champion, as he has doubled and enjoyed basically every other motorsport out there. Now next, I need you an IndyCar, Valentina Rossi, just to kind of round out everything. And then like, yeah, you're not just a legend, you are the legend. Now, after we've talked about that, I do want to talk about another specific niche that he does. As you heard me kind of mention it briefly early on, his team ownership and team collaboration slash racing academy he does. So Val is the owner of the junior class team called Sky Racing Team for VR46. 46 is his racing number for all my people out there, which actually debuted in Moto3 in 2014. In 2020, they started racing in Moto2, and in 2021, they had their first debut into MotoGP. And the bike was ridden by his half-brother, Luca Marini. So the VR46 Racing Academy actually began to really kick off and like hone that investment in some of like their racing academy drivers once they kind of started breaking into the MotoGP, Moto3, Moto2 world. For example, Franco Mortabelli drove for the academy and became the world champion of MotoGP in 2017, and then in 2020, finished runner-up in MotoGP as well, and many more divisions throughout his career. Now, I can talk about the successful of all of his Racing Academy people, but I'm not going to. I would tell you if you find an interest in Valentina Rossi or you found an interest in wanting to learn more about this, there's literally a whole Valentino Rossi website where he talks about his Racing Academy and all the legends and all the people. And he is very known to like go there and like actually support them and like be there and teach them. Um, which is really cool because you don't typically see that. They're like, that's my investment. Good luck. Here's my trainers. Peace out. He's not really like that. He's like, I want to be there. I want to support these kids and their endeavors, just like Jeremy Burgess did and many others throughout his career. And then lastly, let's just go ahead and dive into kind of some of the most iconic things you see out there that kind of represent Valentino Rossi as a whole and kind of known on the track. His crazy helmets, his brand, his business. Fun fact, most of those helmets you see him race at, he has actually like reinvented them to be street bike style to where like you can purchase them and wear them day to day. And 
it's pretty freaking cool to see. I mean, honestly, side note, but his helmets and that yellow is so a on brand for him, but it also influenced a lot of other motor um, motorsports people, such as an F one Lando Norris. I mean, he keeps talking about the influence Rossi even had on his life, which speaks to also how much of a legend Rossi is. Yeah, I was going to say F one drivers need to hop on making their helmets street style because it'd be really cool to see like people who drive motorcycles on the highway or like in the street with like a random like F1 helmet. It's like, hey, I know (laughs) which helmet that is. It'd be cool. See, and then like knowing Valentino does that, I think that's pretty cool because then like it's one of those like you see a fan from far away and you're just like, hey, I know who who that is. Yes, and a fun fact about that is he actually takes the proceeds that he earns from those helmets and gives back to the local community because he lives in a, he's from a very small town in Italy um, that is known to be on the poorer side. And he actually gives those proceeds back to help like local, like schools, churches, communities, families, etc., which is pretty cool to see. And he's also known to do that in other like small countries as well. I just don't know the names off the top of my head. Um, but if any of the Formula One drivers like do sell their helmets, I would get the beach ball one from Miami for um, shits and giggles. And I feel like it would be super cool just to be like the beach ball helmet. Cause why not? Um, but yeah, kind of like what Ido said, you know, you have the famous Valentina Rossi yellow and Lando's got a very similar yellow for Quadrant. He got that yellow inspiration because Valentina Rossi was an inspiration for him growing up. And he actually mentioned it in an interview that he did that Valentina Rossi played a huge portion into some of the reasons why he continued doing Formula One. And for a really long time, he actually wanted to do motorbike racing, but his mom was terrified of two wheels. And every time he was on a quad bike and like wheelied it, they would like miraculously like get rid of the bike or the bike got stolen type of deal because of safety reasons. A lot of F1 mothers such as Nicole Piastri comes to mind too this season are like as soon as their sons get on two wheels they're like nope get off that bike now i mean we saw what happened with rossi's mom he got a cart but funny enough hannah you mentioned the color thing with lando because i remember an interview to lewis hamilton had mentioned that he almost picked that similar shade but he went with his color instead because he was like that's valentino's known color and he didn't want like the fans to like confuse anything or it was like something along the lines of that so i think it's cool how like a lot of drivers get inspiration from him or just from their idols yeah so it's kind of like cool how they all connect yeah and another fun fact about like you know talking about valentina rossi's like 
endeavors in his business and brand while he has helmets he actually sells like t-shirts like riding gear and everything that is actually inspired by his two nicknames so you can get like the doctor shirts in the fun creative colors um you can get the valley yellow inspired shirts you can get the vr46 shirts um he's got wind guards for when you're riding and he even has talked about creating like racing suits that are track like rated to be able to use so that's cool and um he does create a lot of the helmets and racing gear for his racing academy which is also super cool that like he supports them and is like here's my merch like here you go it's like i don't know i would feel like a badass if i was wearing that and knowing like he designed it and everything and he's like here here you go as part of the academy yep. like, Let's go. <laughs> yeah it's just another way that he shows he cares like it, he doesn't just slap his name on the academy and leaves as hannah said no like he re- really really cemented himself into that academy and said i want these people to succeed as franco morabelli you see was literally one of the first people a part of the academy and kind of cemented like the ground for it and kind of was when you look back at that you go well this person succeeded from the support that that academy gave him and that valentina rossi gave him and is still known to be a really good driver and still is a moto gp driver to this day and like luca manini he's a moto gp driver it just it shows like it's a proven track record but i did want to just touch that in reference to his helmets um i am very fortunate to have purchased two of his helmets before i do not actually have them with me because i am still moving into this new apartment so apologies i wanted them for this episode but i will say they are great quality and great style and they actually like look like the ones you see on TV. <laughs> so pretty cool, but they're not rated the same for anybody who thinks that they're exact replica. They're not rated the same. So they are a little different from like the inside padding. So if you think you're getting an exact replica, close, but not a hundred percent. And to kind of round out the episode, I wanted to bring up a quote by him. And this quote is, kind of more of a fun fact than anything else. So Valentina Rossi is actually the only driver to have won a world championship in every single class that's out there. And kind of like I mentioned, this man is an absolute legend and has dominated in everything he's been put in, let's be honest. And he is also very known for giving back to the community and being somebody who mentors and helps people along the way. So this man for all i can say and all i'm going to say is hey wish i could meet you one day you're doing great honey that wraps up another episode about a motorsport legend what other legends would you like to hear us talk about let us know on our socials everywhere we are at paddock girls podcast except twitter there you can find us at paddock girls pod thanks for joining us in the paddock see you next week where some of the girls chat about the fia see ya goodbye bye Bye. Bye.